0: Hi, I'm Lauren Klaus Schneider with Clash Notes for Broadway Radio. I'm here with Linda Powell, cast member in A Beautiful Noise at the Broadhurst Theater. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's so wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And let's just dive right in to talk about this story of Neil Diamond, the grandson of Jewish Polish immigrants. Brooklyn-born and raised, strumming his guitar on the steps of his high school on Flatbush Avenue and landed at Tin Pan Alley's Brill Building. It was a place full of opportunity where anyone could write their story. And Linda, you play the role of doctor.
1: I am. I'm the doctor. Our our story is kind of set around uh, some therapy sessions that Neil Diamond is going through later in his life or late in his life. And we kind of frame the story of his life as we as we go through some of the big hits and talk about some of the the challenges he had and the challenges he's overcome. And um, it makes a great ride for me because I get to I get to watch all the great work on stage every night.
0: Hmm. Now, when you first read the script, what were your thoughts about the story and your role in the telling of that story? I was actually surprised
1: at because um, Neil Diamond was was a part of the process of developing and building this this musical. And I was surprised at how honest he was willing to be with some of the the things he's struggling with as he gets older and uh, felt kind of like it was a wonderful challenge and and a great responsibility actually to be a part of sharing
0: that vulnerability with the audiences. Mm. Now, you and actor Mark Jacoby, who plays Neil Diamond, quote, now? Neil now. Mm-hmm. Not old Neil. Right. Though I sometimes call him old Neil, but it's <laughs> Neil now. <laughs> Neil now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are seated and isolated during all your scenes. Mm-hmm. And talk a little bit about what that process mm-hmm. felt like for you when mm-hmm. the scenes were integrated into the context of this major Broadway musical. It was kind of a leap um,
1: going into it because I wasn't sure how how well it would work. Um, it felt like we were a play within a musical at times. Mm-hmm. And um, the, we tried out in Boston last summer and the first couple of audiences uh, set me at ease because I really felt like they were following the story through us. And it was a great kind of triumph to realize that that the audience was willing to take the story the way we were telling it. Um, there have been challenges in terms of like we tweak the script here and there to figure out when is too much interaction, when is too little interaction. Um, maybe we need to add a little more. Maybe we did take this out. It was a long process of figuring out how to weave in and out of the of the, the, the past story with our current story. Um, but as I've been playing it, it's also been fun to, to find that. Mark and I, our rhythms have become part of the rhythm of the show, even though we're not musical, um, we're part of the tapestry that's been built, and that's that's still developing and still growing, and um,
0: it's all of a piece, which is kind of a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm glad you brought up Boston, and this is what the Boston Globe has to say about your character. She opens the book, and all sixty years of Neil's songwriting and all that exploration pours out into a just a majestic musical collage. And once unloosed from the book, the songs take on lives of their own. Mm, that's so, nice, Linda. Your character has an aha moment, and she holds the key to the telling of the story in that moment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Night after night, how do you keep that fresh?
1: I get a lot of it from, from Mark's performance. Um, I try and take in everything that he's going through. Um, It's a tricky turn. I don't want to give too much away because some audiences come in and, and, and learn it in the Mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. It's it's a very tricky turn because it's not, um, it's not a literal discovery. It's not a, it's not a, it's an intuitive discovery that the doctor has. It's like a, a penny dropping that comes from having lived through the whole play with him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, it's tricky. And, and for me, uh, Mark and I both studied with this wonderful teacher, Michael Howard, who's passed. Mm-hmm. And, um, he tried to encourage us always to take the ride and let the ride take you where you need to go. Mm-hmm. So if i have been present, from the moment the curtain went up to the moment I get to that place, then hopefully um, the ride has taken me there. I try and um, take everything in as it's going, and uh, it's fun when it works. And then sometimes you have to say, "Okay, here I am, not quite there, but I've been there enough times that I can I can find that for today's audience."
0: You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and. You play such a pivotal role in how this story unfolds in the context of this major Broadway musical. Your role is incredibly unique.
1: It is. It's a unicorn. <laughs>
0: it's
1: a unicorn. I feel so blessed because I grew up just absolutely musicals were all about my family, we we would like have every soundtrack. My dad would go on a trip. He'd come back from London with, oh, I have this play that's in London. When we, by the time we would get to go see a show, we all knew all the songs already, but I I don't have that voice. I don't have a Broadway singing voice. I I can hang on to a tune. Um, So I never thought that this would be something that I would get to do. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. And so for me, it's just a kick. It's Mm -hmm. just a kick. Mm -hmm. Well, and- Michael Mayer directs A Beautiful Noise. How did the casting of you in this major Broadway musical come about?
1: I actually was uh, brought in uh, by the casting director, and I uh, I had not met Michael before. I was brought in to do a one-week workshop, and that was the only commitment that there was, it was like, they're just trying to hear this script out loud and they need someone who's willing to play the therapist. There's no, no guarantee of anything, but it'll be a week. And I said, Neil Diamond for a week. Yeah. Okay. That would be fun. <laughs> and um, it was really just uh sitting at music stands, reading through the script and, and the songs with a piano and a, I think a drum and a guitar. And that was it. And um then they said, thank you. Goodbye. And I thought, well, that was fun. And then a couple months later, there's another workshop. We do want to come back. And each, I think there were three workshops and each time there was no necessarily guarantee, but as we were working, we were building it together. And so I started to feel she's mine. She's mine. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I'm building her and, and uh, uh, my ideas, my thoughts, my rhythms are going into what they're building. So I kind of felt, um, ownership of it as we went along, and and um, eventually that contract came, <laughs> <laughs> and so glad it did for all of us. Also, oh yeah, you know when I was about um, fifteen, I guess this summer I was fifteen. We were we were moving cross country, and I was very despondent. And uh, I had stumbled on the soundtrack to Jonathan Livingston Seagull, which is. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in our show, but a, a huge part of the soundtrack of my life. Cause I listened to that on repeat for uh, most of that summer. Mm. And he was just exploring all these themes of, of being alone and loneliness and what it means to be alone and, and um, how being alone can actually lead you to a deep understanding of yourself. You know, I, something that at 15 just kind of saved me to hear somebody singing about what I thought I was feeling or what I was feeling If I could tell that 15-year-old girl that she now stands on stage eight shows a week and talks to Neil Diamond about his loneliness, uh, I don't think she'd believe me, you know? It's Uh,
0: really special. Extraordinary, especially on top of the fact that your folks took you to the theater. And your folks are Alma and Colin Powell. You Mm -hmm. grew up on a series of military bases, attending four different high schools Talk more about how your childhood informs your work as an actor.
1: I think moving around the way I did and living, um, we were always the only uh, black family wherever we went mostly in uh, because of my dad's rank and that time in uh, American history. Mm-hmm. And my parents were both the people who had left their families to go to bigger and better things. So my mother's family was in Birmingham, Alabama. My father's big Jamaican family were all in New York. And we were kind of an isolated unit. Um so we were real um chameleons. All my brother, my sister, and I, we we found ways to fit into any community we were thrown into, um, of uh, flexibility and uh Uh, we developed a good sense of, oh, this is how you behave here. And this is how you behave over here. And in a way it was a huge education and huge skills that you draw on as an actor and um, the kind of curiosity about the world and, um, and uh, an understanding of the varied ways that different people can live. um, That kind of came from growing up that way.
0: Mm. Thank you for sharing the history and, and the insight. Um, for the past 12 seasons, you're a performer and producer with the Willow Cabin Theater Company. Will you talk to us a little bit about that work? That goes back a ways. Um,
1: they're no longer, um, we're no longer active, but they kind of kept me alive uh, as an actor from the time I graduated from Circle and Square for a decade or so. Um, it was a group of Circle and the Square theater students who started a company and for little over a decade, we we hung the lights, we directed, we took the tickets, we picked the seasons, we fought with each other, we loved each other. Um, my first Broadway credit, actually, Wilder Wilder Wilder, was with that company we were doing. We had done an off-Broadway, a well-received showcase, and then a well-received off, off-Broadway, and then we scraped coins together and moved it off-Broadway, um, three Thornton Wilder plays. And then Circle in the Square, we had, where we had all been students, had an unexpected hole in their season, and they moved us into their theater. That's my first Broadway credit, was with those people that I actually, we 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 raised each other in a way. We we theatrically raised each other. And they're all still my close friends, even to this day. Um, they're family.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, your story is fascinating, and thank you so much for being an integral part of telling Neil Diamond's story. It's it's a joy, and it was great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Oh, of course, a pleasure. I'm Lauren Clash Schneider with Linda Powell, cast member of A Beautiful Noise at the Broadhurst Theatre. Thank you.